forever, God. You are worthy of our voices this morning. You're worthy of our focus and our attention, God. We pray that you would speak to our hearts through your word. And may we not leave here the same this morning. May you change us according to your will, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Uh, what a blessing it is here to, to preach today. And Brother Lee asked me a couple weeks ago uh, if I would preach for him as he's in Uganda. And so really appreciate the blessing uh, to be able to be here. And, uh, you know, this morning, uh, I, this sermon is a little bit selfish because uh, some of the things that I've been going through in my personal life and just kind of working on as we've started the new year, uh, I really wanted to uh, kind of preach on it and talk through it. And as I've done that, I've been able to just really kind of hone in on, on a couple of things in my own personal life. And so I just want to kind of share some things that God is doing uh, in me. Now, first of all, um, there was a young couple, and they were newly married, and um, the wife made dinner that night. And the couple, uh, the wife kind of brings the, and she made a ham. She brings the ham in, sets it on the table, and uh, they had a little bit of a conversation. And the husband looks at the ham, and he goes, uh, he goes, honey, why, why'd you cut the end of the ham off? You know, why'd you, why'd you, why'd you do that? And, uh, and she goes, I, you know, I, we always cut the end of the ham off. I mean, that's kind of what we do. My mom cut, cut the ham off, and so I, I'm going to cut the, ham, the end of the ham off. And so, uh, so he gets intrigued, and he calls his uh, mother-in-law, and he says, uh, hey, mom, uh, I've got a question for you. Um, why, why do you cut the end of the ham off? And she said, well, I've always done it that way, and I've, I've done it that way ever since I've, you know, been cooking and preparing meals. And, uh, and, but the main reason is because my mom, my mom cut the end of the ham off. And, and so he, he again can't let it go for some reason, and he calls uh, grandma. And he says, grandma, he said, I've got a question for you. Why, um, why do you cut the end of the ham off? And she said, oh, honey, that's easy because my oven is too small. <laughs> and so three generations have gone by and, you know, each generation, they pass down one thing to, to the next, to the next, to the next. And so my question for you today is how many things do you do in your life, in your marriage, uh, in your work, in anything that you do, that you you basically do them kind of out of habit. You've you've always done it that way. Maybe your dad's always done it that way. Your mom's always done it that way. Your grandfather, your your grandmother, uh, your family has done certain things a certain way, and you 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 have always done that. And so I think we can all realize that that we are a product of sometimes our environment, we're a product of our, our parents and, and their habits, whether they're good habits or bad habits. So I wanna read to you a, um, a verse out of Galatians, Galatians 5, 16 through 18. Here Paul says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the des desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing things you want to do. In verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not 
under the law. Okay, now, this whole term about walking in the Spirit, I've heard this all my life since I've been a Christian, and um, I want to be honest with you, it is easier said than done. It is easier said than done to walk in the Spirit. Paul is just kind of laying it out for us right here, and we're kind of looking at it, and we're going, "Um, wow, Paul, this sounds easy, but it's actually really hard. Like, for example, you just enjoyed a time of worship. Uh, and singing to the Lord, and you're here in church now, and you're praying. You you may have had Bible study earlier this morning, and you're like, man, it's so good to be in God's house this morning. It's so good to connect, so good to sing, and and man, I feel really close to God. And maybe you every Sunday you kind of go, wow, man, this week is going to be different. This week, man, man, I really want to walk in the Spirit. I really want to, man, just just be. I want to keep this feeling that I have on Sunday mornings, and I really want to carry it with me. The problem is Sunday night rolls around, and you start thinking about your schedule, and you kind of start thinking about, wow, all the things that you have to do, you know, tomorrow, and you kind of start thinking, wow, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and and you had really good intentions to, quote, unquote, walk in the Spirit, and and, and really kind of, you know, but again, you start getting stressed, you start worrying about the next week, and then all of a sudden, you're basically just kind of a slave to the list that you have to do, and you, you're walking in the Spirit just, just does, doesn't really happen. So I kind of want to discuss that uh, today, and what I, what I kind of want to, uh, the main verse I want to talk to you about is in Romans 8, 5, and 6, and I'll start off here with verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on, uh, on the flesh is death, and to set the mind on the Spirit is life. And so my question for you is, what is your mind set on? You know, back before Christmas, uh, I was noticing some things about myself. I was noticing I'm usually super happy. I'm, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a very optimistic person in everything I do. I'm just, I love to encourage people. I love to, to be up. I love to laugh. I love to have fun. My Enneagram's a seven, if you follow that stuff. And uh, I'm the eternal optimist. And so I noticed in December that, you know, man, I just wasn't quite, Man, I just I, I, I just wasn't happy. I was just I was kind of blah to be quite honest with you, and I, I was just real just I, man. I just wasn't laughing very much. I wasn't really listening to music very much. I just I was just kind of in a funk, so to speak. And I started to just kind of look at that and look at that and and uh, kind of where I was and and I, I started to pray. I started to just kind of try to figure out kind of where I am. Pretty much went through that all December. January rolls around, and uh, and I start to listen. Uh, I, I recommitted to exercise, like all of us. I gained a little bit of weight over the holidays. Didn't exercise as much. Started to exercise, and I started to watch this sermon series on mindset. And um, and and the, basically, the whole sermon series was on what what do you have your mind set on? What is your mind set on? And obviously, a couple years ago, there was a popular book that came out called Mindset. It's a very good book, and it just talked about not having a fixed mindset, but having a growth mindset. But, but really, the reality of it is, is, is the Scripture 
has, has had that in it all through the scripture that we need to, we need to set our, we need to learn to set our mind on the spirit. And so the question I have for you is what is stronger, the spirit or the flesh? Some of you might kind of go, oh, well, that's easy, the spirit for sure. But, but not so fast. Matter of fact, there was a chaplain. He was a chaplain for a pro football team and he was giving a talk on this very subject. And he basically said, hey guys, to all the football players, hey, what is stronger, your flesh or your spirit? And this guy, one of the cornerbacks in the back of the room, got up and he goes, he goes, pastor, that's easy. Whichever one you feed the most. It's whichever one you feed the most. And I want you to think about it through your Christian life. What is dominated more in your Christian life, your flesh or your spirit? How, how much of a percentage, and I have to be honest with you, when I look back on my Christian life, I see my life more dominated with things of the flesh than things of the spirit. And a lot of times it's because we have a tendency, without even knowing it, without even realizing it, kind of like the ham story, we go through our habits, we go through our daily you know, uh, things, and we don't even realize we're living in the flesh. We're, we're really not walking in the spirit. We don't really have our mind set on, on the things of the spirit. And so we, we, have, we have a tendency to do that. And like, like Jesus, Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes only to kill and destroy. I came that you may have abundant life, to live life abundantly. And you know, I, I have, I have a, a feeling that we, we, we really, we, we don't, you know, sometimes we, we enter salvation and we go, okay, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. This is going to be awesome. And, but yet we really don't live an abundant life here on earth. Now, one of the reasons is because our, um, we have an adversary that is fighting every single day to, to defeat us. They, they, he wants us to think about, uh, to live our lives in the flesh. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in heavenly places. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, is prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. John 8.44 says, The devil has nothing to do with the truth. There is no truth in him. It is expected of the devil to lie, for he is a liar, and he is the father of all lies. And so we have a strong enemy that is really trying to get us to not live in the spirit. Every single day he attacks us. And where he attacks us is in our thought life, is in our, is in our mind. And uh, we, we basically control, Jesus said, because of how, uh, you know, the inside, you know, what is inside us, sin comes out. And, and, and we have, because we are uh, try, living by the, by the flesh. 
Now, in Mark 7, 20 through 23, he says this, and he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. Even from within, out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. And one of the things that Satan does is Satan wants to attack our thoughts. He wants to condemn us. He wants to make us doubt. He wants us to be suspicious. It's interesting. In 2005, there was a study um, that we think about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. The average person thinks about 40,000 thoughts a day. Now, what's really interesting about that is 80% of those thoughts are negative. 80% of those thoughts that we have are negative. Now, one thing that's really fascinating about this is that, is that 95% of the thoughts we have are from the previous day. 95% of the thoughts that we think are from our past is from yesterday. That is occupying. Now, what, what our adversary does, he, he just, he, he, he just kind of says he is the father of lies, and he sits there and he lies to us and he lies to us and he lies to us and he tells us all kinds of things about ourselves. Now, left unto ourselves without uh, our walk with Christ, we're gonna go dark really fast. We're, we're not gonna have any joy. We're not gonna be able to walk in the spirit because, man, we have a propensity to be negative. If, has your, your, your husband or wife ever walked through the door and you say, how was your day? The first couple of things they say, wow, it's terrible. This person did this, this person did this, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then all of a sudden your spouse chimes in and goes, yeah, I know exactly what you're feeling like. Man, the traffic was terrible. I did this and this and this and this is going on. And before you know it, 30 minutes goes by and you have just kind of, you know, had all this negative stuff come out of you. And you're like, where did that come from? Our propensity is, is, to, is to go negative. And that's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to be negative, negative, negative. He, does, he doesn't want us to see anything the Spirit of God is doing in, you know, in your life or in any, anybody else's life. Now, so here's the deal. If you want to change your life, if you want to change your marriage, if you want to change your attitude, if you want to change your mood, if you want to change your relationship, we all need to change our mindset. Just plain and simple. We've got to change our mindset. It all begins in our mind. You know, Proverbs 23, 7 is a great verse. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Here's a really fascinating quote from Mark Twain. Mark Twain says this, what, we, what a wee little part of a person's life are his acts and words. His real life is in his head and is known to none but himself. All day long, the mill of his brain is grinding, and his thoughts, and his thoughts, not those other things, are his history. And so there's a huge battle going on of, with our thoughts. Obviously, we've already talked about 40,000 thoughts 
Satan wants to get in there and he wants to destroy our thoughts. He wants to condemn us. He wants us to make, to doubt that God is good, that Jesus loves us. He wants to shame us. And he, and, and he is constantly doing that, that to us. Now, the key is we, we need to be able to focus our mind on the things above. We need to focus. We need to set our mind on Christ. The worst thing that we can do is have what is called a wandering mind. A wandering mind is a mind that, that is not focused. It's not set. It's just, you know, day after day, I don't know if you've ever gone to bed and your mind is just churning. All these things are coming in your mind. And I want to add too, please understand that the thoughts you have, all the thoughts you have are, are not good thoughts. They're not of God. They, they, are, they are not you, basically. They are, they are put there by the father of lies that wants you to say, oh, that's me, that's me. Yeah, that's, yeah, I agree. Man, I'm a terrible person. I, I did this, I did that. And, and so we, we, we've got to be, be careful with our thought. But our wandering thoughts are our are problem. Okay, think about this. So why, why do you feel so attacked internally? Think about this. Some people say, I just got married, but I feel lonely. I, I, you know, I, 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 still, I still am kind of empty inside. I just got promoted, but I feel insignificant. I just took a vacation, but I still feel stressed. Raise your hand if that's true for, for y'all, okay? I know it is, is us sometimes. I just got celebrated, but I feel insecure. Feelings are connected to your thoughts. All of our emotions come through your thought uh, patterns. And we have to learn how to kind of retrain our brain, how to make this shift um, in, in, into something that, that we're, we intentionally go, I need to set my mind on the things of the Lord. Zechariah 4.6 says, um, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this with your own might. Zechariah 4.6 says, not by might nor by power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. Now, I want to talk to you about four things, and, and, and just imagine, there, there's so many more things I could share with you on this one topic, but, but I've chosen four things to try to help you to kind of take steps how to set your mind on the Spirit. It's some of the things that I'm trying in my own personal life, um, and it's not easy. It's not easy to do, um, but, but we have to trust that, man, Jesus is going to be there and help us. So the first thing is something you've all heard about and you all really recognize, but the first thing is you renew your mind with the Word of God. And I'm not telling you anything new. You renew your mind with the word of God. And so Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, you will not know when you have those thoughts what are good, acceptable, and perfect unless you spend time in the Word of God. 
unless you spend time knowing, okay, wait a minute, this thought came through. Is it right? Is it wrong? Who's this thought from? Where's this thought going? What, what is going on? What's trying to control this? Does it line up with God's word? Does it line up with the truth of God's word? And so therefore you need to know God's word. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If you really want to start at a good place, you need to get into the Word of God. Now, I want to be, I want to be thoroughly, totally honest with you. I struggle with that just as a believer. When I go to men's retreats and I go to small groups, and it just seems like that's the number one thing we all struggle with, getting into the Word of God, spending time. And one of the things as I was going through this, I, uh, I have Audible. I love to listen to books. And I, I have never really uh, listened to the Message Bible much. Because, you know, the Message Bible, there's a, you know, some, sometimes you look at the message and go, oh, that doesn't line up with this. And so I decided to download the Message Bible, the New Testament. And uh, I downloaded it. And, and what I've been doing is, is I've been just listening to it when I'm, when I'm driving. And, and that's all I listen to. And the way Eugene Peterson has created the Message Bible. It's, kind of, it's just a, basically a story. And it's really, it's fascinating how well it's written. And just to hear, hear the Gospels as, as a story. And so I hop in my truck, and boom, the Message Bible is there. And I have to tell you, I want to be honest with you, it's made a difference in my life. Here, listening to the Word of God that often and that much, and I, all of a sudden, I, the first couple days I got it, you know, the, the narrator said, uh, okay, starting chapter 25 in Matthew, and I think I had it a day, I was able to listen to 25 chapters in one day, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. There's no way I could ever have the attention span to, to really do that without it. And so if you, if you want to do that, you know, listen to the, listen to the Bible to get, to get the Word of God in you. I promise you it will help, and it's really helped me. The second thing I think that we need to do is to remove things from our lives. You know, um, we're always wanting to add things and add things and add things, and I need to do this, and I need to do this, and I need to do this. But maybe a place you need to start to be able to set your mind on things above Set your, set your mind on the spirit is to remove some things out of your life. And listen, I, I was going through this and I thought, you know, I need to list things you need to remove. But you know what? The reality of it is the Holy Spirit already has told you what you need to remove. You may not have, you may not have taken time to hear the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is, is, has already told you what you need to remove in your life. And and it, it, you've got to really kind of go through it. You just need to spend some time alone, and you need to go, all right, Jesus, I heard you loud and clear. I need to remove this. Perhaps it might be a relationship, maybe a toxic relationship in your life. Maybe you're overcommitted. Maybe you're overcommitted in certain areas of your life, and you need to create some space. There was a great book many years ago called Margin. A doctor wrote it, and he said that we need margin in our lives. And he equated margin to the margins on the, you know, on the, on the sides that, that what our life looks like is all letters. It's just, that's all it is, is letters. There's no margins. There's no white space in our lives. And we have a tendency to just have no margin. 
you know, and, and, and it, it gets worse and worse if something bad happens. Uh, we have no margin. We need to create some margin in our lives. We need to remove some things. Listen to 2 Corinthians 10, 3, and 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready, listen to this, to punish every disobedience when your, uh, when your obedience is complete. Paul is using war language here, war language to attack our flesh in our lives. And he, he is telling us, he, he's just saying, take every thought captive. Obviously, 40,000 thoughts a day. The, the, the adversary is lying to you and lying to you and telling you all kinds of thoughts that are not true. What Paul is telling us here is that we need to recognize when those bad thoughts come across our brain. We, we need to kind of say, that's, that's, that's totally contrary to the word of God. That is not even, not even close to what Jesus thinks about me. I absolutely reject that thought that's coming through my mind. That is not me. And so we need to, we need to be able to, to kind of have, you know, just a, an, um, uh, an attitude of, man, d d war against those thoughts. You know, I, I don't know uh, if you're like me or not, but I love to watch YouTube. I watch all kinds of different things on, on YouTube. I'm fascinated. I love to learn. And my family thinks I'm crazy um, because I'll be watching some weird way out thing. And, Dad, what are you doing? What, I, I, you know, why are you watching that? I, I, th I thought, it was, thought it was cool, you know. And, uh, and so, but you'll notice, you know, there's ads all the time that come across YouTube. Now, if you're on your computer, there's a lot of ads that come across on your computer. Also, you get text messages. You get emails. You get all kinds of bogus things. And you have an option to click on those things if you want. You have an option for those ads to continue to play. You have, and, and these advertisers are getting so smart that they're hiding the X. And how many times have you looked on that? You looked on the screen and where's the X? Where's the X? And you accidentally click on the ad and the ad comes up and you're like, this is a waste of time. And you're trying to, trying to get out of that, you know, advertisement and you're going, this is stupid. This is, you know, a waste. Well, here's the deal. Your thoughts are like those ads and those pop-ups in your life. You have those thoughts pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up. You need to press delete. You need to press delete. You need to say X. I'm going to X that out. I'm going to X that thought out of my life. I'm going to X. That is not me. That's contrary to the word of God. I, I don't need to feel that way. I don't need to act that way. I don't need to give in to this sin habit. I don't need to be a part of that. I need to X, X out of that. You need to be vigilant. Now, listen, there, there's a lot of times when they hide the X so much, it takes you a lot of time to find the X. It, it takes some time. But you've got to sit there and you've, you've got to be vigilant and you've got to be able to say, okay, what is going on with my brain right now? Why am I so stressed out? Why am I so worried? Why am I doing this? I need, I need to hit the X. I need to hit the X. And so you, you need to have a warlike mentality when, when you do that. Now, uh, let's see. I'm going to skip through some of these things. I'm going to go to the third one. Now, this one is so important. The third one is go. you need to move from a concerned mindset, a concerned mindset to a confident mindset. Guys, listen, we live right now in this day and time 
Everybody is worried about stuff. Worry, worry, worry. Matter, matter of fact, we, we can all buy tickets to Worry World, and we can all basically just like, man, I just you get in line, I'm just going to worry. We're concerned about what's going on in America. We're concerned about what's going on in the world. We're concerned. We're concerned about what's going on with the coronavirus. We're concerned about this. Wow, did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? This is going on. This is going on. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that happened. That happened. That happened. We've got crime. We've got this. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Do we get vaccinated? Do we not get vaccinated? And, man, it is crazy what's going on right now. And we are, we are living in a very concerned mindset world. And my challenge to you and to me, is for us to be able to go from a concerned mindset to a confident mindset. Listen to first, uh, first uh, Philippians 1.6. Not first Philippians, it's Philippians 1.6. Listen, listen to this powerful verse. Being confident of this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let me read this to you again. It's powerful. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We, we need to move from from this worry and this concerned attitude to this confident attitude, like, oh, okay, things are tough, things are weird, things are out of, you know, kind of, kind of not going that great, but you know what? God is still on his throne. God is not done with me yet. He has a lot that he wants to accomplish in my life. I, I am not gonna listen to all those lies and worry and thank God is not good, I'm not going to think he's off his throne. I'm going to set my mind on the principle, on this principle, and I'm going to say, Jesus began a work in me when I was whatever, you know, 20 years old. When you were 15 years old, Jesus began a work in your life. And he is not, he is not going to give up. He is not going to do that. He has you. And so, so, so this is the mindset that we need to move into. We need to turn our cares into prayers. We need to turn our worry into worship. We need to turn our petitions into praise, our stress into supplication. And that's just a big word for asking God. We just need to say, God, I need your help here. I need your help. I need you to, to, to help me. I'm really, really going through a tough time. We need to turn our concerns into confidence in Christ. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. You may feel like you're losing, but the reality, reality is you're not losing. And we need to have this, this mindset. You may feel ashamed and condemned by your sin. You know, this is so powerful, another powerful verse, lots of verses today. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, there, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free. In Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You are free. There is no condemnation. So when you have those thoughts roll across your mind, no matter what time of day it is, when you just say, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. I'm going to X out of that thought. I'm going to X out of this thought. I'm not going to look at that pop-up. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just X out of all these things because God is working in me and he wants to complete something amazing in me. 
And so we really need to do that. We need to, we need to inhale confidence, inhale confidence and exhale doubt. Now, Philippians 4.3, man, another powerful verse. You know, we need to claim this. I can do all things who, uh, in Christ who strengthens me. Now, please let me be clear. It is not you. It is not by our power that we can do this. It is not our power we can walk in the Spirit or set our mind on the, on the things of the Spirit. And it's very important we know that. Now, the last step is we need to move from a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset. A scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset. And, and let, me, let me just kind of, you know, when something is, is scarce, what I see in this word, the root word, obviously is scarce, but what I see is scare, scary, fearful. We're fearful. We're scared. Now, a scarcity mindset is, Man, we'll never have enough. We just want to have enough. Now, I want to share these two things with you. A scarcity thinking is there will never be enough. An abundant mindset is there will always be more. There will always be more. A scarcity mindset is, is you compete to stay on top. You fight. You compete. You claw. You, you, try. you know what? An abundant uh, mindset is you collaborate with other people. You work with other people. If you move up, you move up. You're willing to work with people. You're willing to help people. A scarcity mindset is you're stingy. You're just stingy with, with what God has given you in your life. No matter what it is, you're a stingy person. And then an abundant thinking, abundant mindset is you're generous. You're just generous with your money, with your time, with your resources. You're generous. You know, a scarcity mindset is you hold on to knowledge. You hold on to knowledge. An abundant mindset is you share knowledge. Hey, this is what God did in my life. I don't know if this will help, but this is what God did in my life. You know, I don't know if this will help, but this is kind of what I did in that situation in my marriage. And man, God really, this was amazing. You know, a person that has a scarcity mindset, they don't share their wisdom. They don't share what, what, what they're learning, what God's teaching them. They keep everything wrapped up inside. They, they, they don't want to share what God's doing in their lives. And, 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 and they're just kind of closed in. Another uh, quality of a, of a person in a scarcity mindset is you're always suspicious. You're suspicious. What's that person doing? Are you sure that person's for real? Are they genuine? I don't, I don't know about that person. Wow, did you hear about that, what that person did? Or did you hear about what that person said? Or, you know, did, did you do that? You know, they're always suspicious about, about other people. And, you know, when somebody's nice, they're like, well, you know what an abundant person does? A person who has an abundant mindset, they, they believe the best of people. They believe, they, they, they go toward, you know what, this person, you know, man, I really want to get to know this person. And I really want to encourage this person. I really want to help this person. You know, if you have a, scare, a scarcity mindset, you, you, you're just suspicious of all people. And this hoarding, this hoarding mentality is not, is not living, it's living by the flesh. If you hoard everything that God has given you with this attitude of, you know, I, I, I want to keep everything in here, and you're, you're not serving other people, you know, uh, it's, it's another, another problem, too, with a scarcity mindset is you fear being replaced. You fear being replaced. 
oh, I'm going to be replaced. Somebody else is going to come in and I'm getting older and somebody else is going to do this. And, and wow, they might have a new idea and I'm not going to let that happen. And they've, they've got some fresh thoughts and, you know, you fear being replaced, you know, I, and, and so you, you know, an abundant mindset is, man, you, you want to, you strive to grow. You, you absolutely strive to grow. You serve other people. And so, um, you know, a great verse, obviously, is in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. I, you know, God has given me everything that I need. Now, guys, a great story about a hoarding concept. Remember the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt and they were headed to the promised land and God gave them water and he gave them food and quail and he gave them manna. And remember what God said? God said, hey guys, I'm gonna give you manna in the morning and I want, I want to make sure don't take just enough for you. But there were people, some of the Israelites basically kind of came in there and they started to hoard it. And they started to put more in their tent than what they could use that day. You know why? They didn't know if God was gonna show up tomorrow. They didn't think God was going to show up tomorrow. They didn't think, God, God, you showed up today with the manna. I'm not sure about tomorrow. I might be thirsty tomorrow. I might be hungry tomorrow. I, I'm not sure. There that thought is. There that, that thought from, from the devil himself saying to you, God's not going to show up tomorrow. This problem is too big. This, 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 is, this is not good. And then you go into this worry world mindset and this scarcity mindset. And of course, um, you know, as I, as I finish kind of sharing this with you, I, I, I think this is important to say, Christ doesn't want us to be separatists. And there's a huge movement about separating from, you know, wait, I want to walk in the Spirit, I want to set my mind on the Spirit, and therefore I don't want to live in the world. I, I, I want to, everything, I, I want to listen to just Christian music, and I just want to hang out with just Christian friends, and I want to hang out, and I want to wear just Christian clothes, and I want to go to just Christian restaurants, and I just want to do this, and, and I just want to make a, create a bubble. That's, that's not the answer, you know? And, of course, the other answer, obviously, is not the answer either, sinking with the world. That's not what God wants either. He doesn't want us to sink with the world. He doesn't want us to... To, to adopt the ways of the world. What he wants to do is he wants to continue to sanctify us. He, wa he, he wants, it, it's a process. Remember Philippians 1, 6, God is not finished with you. He has a work to do in your life and he's sanctifying you and, and he wants to do that in your life. And so my challenge for you today, you know, as I, as I wrap up is um, this is not easy. This is not easy to do. It, this is a process. If you embark on this journey, and, and, and it's hard. Joe and I were driving the other day, and, um, and so uh, we, <laughs> we were driving. And, you know, you know how we, we just have these old thought patterns, you know, and something happened, somebody pulled out on me, and I had an initial response, you know, and I was like, Sean, what are you doing? I'm, and I'd go, Joy, I'm walking in the flesh. I'm what Joy started talking about something, and I go, honey, you know, to be quite honest with you, I, I think those thoughts are bad. I, I, I don't think those thoughts are healthy. I don't want to think those thoughts. So you have to be really aggressive. Like Paul said, you have to go to war. 
You have to go to war with, with some of those things. And so it's really important to do that. Now, as I finish on my last, last closing deal, Matt, if you and the worship team uh, could come up, and man, Matt and the worship team, y'all have been such a blessing. And so y'all come on up and, and get set up. Now, I, 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 I want to warn you, if you make a commitment to set your mind on the Spirit, you're, it, it, again, it's going to be a process. It's going to be difficult, but God is there for you. He, he, he is Jesus. Jesus will help you through it. It's going to require you renewing and getting into God's Word. It's going to require you removing some things. It's going to require you from seeing that you're a little bit, you're, you're worrying all the time. You're concerned about everything. You're not confident that God is still on his throne. You're going to need to address those thoughts when they come through. You're going to need, need to be able to, ca to call yourself out and say, that's a scarcity mindset. I don't want to volunteer because I just don't, and I just want to hoard my time. I don't want to do this. I don't want to give. I don't want to encourage that person. I don't want to get involved in a small group because I, I'm too busy. And so if you have, and so you got to call yourself out on some of these things, and it's not easy. And I've been trying to call myself out, and, and please don't ever even think one minute that I have it all together. I do not have it all together. I go back and forth. Sometimes my mind's set on the spirit. I'll turn right around. In the same minute, and my mind will be set on the flesh. I'll be listening to praise music in the truck, and all of a sudden, you know, something will happen, and then I'll just, I'll just totally go in the flesh. And I think we all realize that, but we have to call ourselves out. We've got to confess it. We've got to agree that it's sin in our lives, and we've got to commit to set our mind on the Spirit. And so I want to, I want to encourage y'all. If you're in your small groups, I have a little acronym. Um, that's called SYMOTA, S-Y-M-O-T-A, and it basically means set your mind on things above. SYMOTA, SYMOTA, and it's kind of a weird little acronym, but it's something I've used, tried to use all my life, and so you can just say SYMOTA, 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 and then I always say not the moat. A moat is M-O-E-T, it's not the proper spelling for it probably, but mind on earthly things. I want Simoda. I don't want to be in the moat. I don't, I don't want to hang out with the alligators in the moat. I want it to Simoda. I want to set my mind on things above. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come in your presence. And uh, Jesus, uh, wow, it's, uh, it's tough sometimes to walk in the Spirit. As you know, You've walked in our steps. You've lived uh, on this earth. You know what it feels like to feel pain and stress and all the emotions. Jesus, you, you became those things for us. And so, Jesus, I just um, I thank you for doing that. You can relate. And, Jesus, I, just, I pray that we would all learn to be able to, to set our minds on you. And whenever we have those thoughts that come through, racing through our mind that we call them out. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your um, commitment, your sacrifice on the cross for us. And we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.